First of all, it's good to be with you. It's good to, I want to welcome everyone on behalf of Pastor Goodluck and Angela. They're traveling today, and uh, I know they're probably out there listening, so hi, Pastor. We say hi to you this morning. Safe travels. Um, now, if you're new to the congregation, uh, I don't want you to get me and Pastor Goodluck mixed up. It's pretty obvious, it's pretty obvious of, to, be able to, sell, uh, to be able to tell us apart, he's the one with the heavy accent. So, if you would, stand with me. Let's do our statement before we go to the Lord. Lord, God has given me that, that I should know how to speak. Him who is weary, He awakens me morning by morning and awakens my ear. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. You may be seated. Leave that up there just for a second, if you would. I know that Pastor Goodluck is, I haven't come here as long as many of you have, and I know he's probably shared this, but it's the reason why you do this, to hear the Word. But I just wanted to, to show up, just to, to point out that it says, the Lord has given me, that's what we're praying, the Lord has given me, that's talking about you, the tongue, the tongue of the learned. Now, the tongue of the learned means that you know how to use your tongue, if you've learned. And he goes on and says, the word is in season to him who is weary, awakens the morning. But then it says, awaken my ear to hear as the learned. It's important to understand that when you're talking about God's word, you can hear all day long. But if you don't hear from a learned standpoint of what's on the inside of you, we sometimes don't hear correctly and sometimes we don't hear at all. And the thing about it is, I want to share with you this morning, it was kind of uh, unique about this, but I wanted to, to share with you today about the tool in the hands of a master. Now, if you, if you are, are, are a master at something, my friend over here, Eric, has a, has a salon, and he's a master with the hair. He put, always put them on Facebook, all these, you know, they go in and they got it all, all kinds of stuff like that. If you were to tell me to come in and fix your hair, you would never come back again. I can guarantee that. There are people who are master electricians, which are the best. You can get electrical work done by people that are not masters at what they do, and you get, what, bad results many, many, many times, right? The same thing is true when you look at a tool. What is a tool? Now, Pastor Goodluck always says he has part one and then part two and then part three. Well, what I'm giving you today is part one through five, condensed, summarized, and very quickly. Okay? So anyway, but the thing I want to share with you today is for this message is to broaden, is to look at what a tool is. Now, if you look at Webster, it says several conditions. There are several things it says, but one of them is it's a handheld device that aids in accomplishing a task. But for today's message, I'd like to broaden that definition to say that the tool is anything that can be used to create or destroy. Look at my screwdriver. Oh, sorry. Look at my hammer. Now, this hammer can be used to create things that are beautiful. Now, there was a time that I needed a workbench in my garage. 
Now, I'm not a carpenter, and I guarantee you I'm not a master with a hammer. But I went and bought materials. I even bought the piece of wood that goes on the top pre-cut so I wouldn't have so it wouldn't look like this, you know, because I'm not very good with a saw either. When I finally got that table together, after about 20 pounds of nails, more angles in that thing, you could have parked a truck on the top of it, but wouldn't one of you have it in your garage? It didn't look good, but it was functional, okay? But the thing about a hammer is, this hammer right here, specifically this hammer right here, in my hands, will not create much. But this hammer just a few weeks ago just destroyed a wall in the church next door when we were ripping that thing apart. It got used. Why? Because it was used for a different purpose. It was used for a purpose to destruct or to destroy, not to create. And that's the way I want to talk to you about today is about the tool that God has for us. He has many, many, many tools. But the one tool that I want to share with you today is I want to talk to you about the Word of God and how to use the Word of God, but most importantly, our tongue and our mouth. Our tongue and our mouth. Now, first, if we're going to do anything that has to do with the speaking, we ought to go to a master if we want to learn how to do something, correct? In other words, you don't want to go to me to teach you how to use a hammer. Believe me, you don't. Okay? So we don't, so we want to go to the master. So I want to go, first of all, to the words of the master, God himself. If there's anybody that's the master of anything, it's God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They know how to do things, right? They, they, they we, we find that out in the, in the beginnings of uh, chapter one in creation was created by everything there was created by the voice of God. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. It was a creation of God's mind, and he, what He wanted, He created it with His voice from something that did not exist, to bring something that exists for us today. I don't know about you, but that's a very powerful voice when you can speak things into existence. In the first chapter of Genesis, it says over nine times, and God said, God said, God said, God said. Well, you know, that kind of impacted me a little bit. But then he said, let's form man. So we go down in Genesis, the two, the verses um, the 1, 26 through 27, says, and then God said, let us make man in our image. We know that we make it in God's image. I'm not talking about legs and all of this, or head and all that. I'm talking about in his creative image. According to our likeness, let us let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all of the things. So that God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 2, 7, it says, And the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground. He didn't speak man. He formed him with his hands. Formed him with his hands from the dust of the earth, from something that he had already created. But he put it all together, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the breath of life, and man became a living 
being. Now, when I read that, I don't know, how many of you have ever had CPR? Okay. When somebody has a, dies or arrest, whatever, you pinch their nose shut, open their mouth, cock their head back to open the passageway and blow air into it. That's the way we do artificial respiration. But I want to tell all of you this. If I fall down like this, don't you give me none of that artificial stuff. I want the real thing. Okay? But anyway, it says, it says here, he breathed into his nostrils. I kept wondering, Lord, why did you breathe into man's nostrils? Why didn't you breathe into his mouth? I mean, it's a bigger, much bigger opening that you could blow, but why did you blow into his nostrils? And then the Lord just spoke to me and he says, I didn't want to cover his power. Think about it. Air goes in the nose. Where does it come out? It comes out the mouth. Once man breathes, it comes out of his mouth. The voice comes out of it. And I said, wow, you mean you saw so from the very beginning of time, for the first man created, he put within him the power, the power to speak things, and those things were made that way. I'm going to move along, whatever. But it talks about, it says that this, this thing. So he goes to Adam, right? He's, he, goes, he goes into Adam and all that kind of stuff and tells Adam. He said, Adam, go and speak and do all these things and name all the names and all the animals. And it says that whatever you say, that is what they will be forever. Very powerful in the sense of that, okay? Now... Just go on to a little bit further and go to the words of Jesus. When Jesus was tempted, we know about the temptations. I've got all the scriptures. If I want to put them up there, that's fine. But the temptations, but every time that Satan came against Jesus, whether it be in the form of Satan himself, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the you know diseases and whatever, he would say something to them. He would do one. He would quote the Scriptures to them. He would quote the Scriptures to them. He says, If you are the Son of God, I command you to make these stones into bread. What do you mean, if you are the Son of God? He knew who He was. He knew exactly who He was. But Jesus, what? He answered Him with what? The Word. He came and asked Him again three times. And three times He responded with what? The Word. So to, to, to look at this, I would think that we ought to get something from what the Lord says when He says that you need to learn to speak the Word. Okay? You speak the Word because the Word is what changes things. The thing about it is, words have power. Do you realize how powerful words are? Do you know that a life can be destroyed by the words of people's mouths? You can basically kill a person. And I know that there have been people that have been, things have been said about them for so long that they become discouraged. Satan comes in and, and, and changes all the thinking that they begin to think in their lives and all of a sudden they commit suicide. Why? Because somebody said something that hurt them so much that they were willing to take their own life than to live on God's earth. Now, 
I don't know about you, but that tells me that the Word of God has a lot of power. Now, Jesus gave us another example of the power of the Word. When He went to Mark 11th chapter, he said, this is the story of the fig tree. And I'm not going to read all the Scriptures. If I can put them up there, you can look at them if you'd like, because I'm, uh, I, I'm uh, uh, like I said, I'm on one. I've still got four more to go. Okay, so, <laughs> the next day, we're talking about the fig tree. He saw by and the Lord wanted to have a, something to eat. So he goes over. There wasn't any figs on the fig tree. I said, oh, okay, no problems. He says, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. What a blessing from God's mouth. Mm-hmm. Here's an example of something that wasn't good, even though Jesus was doing it to prove a point. He wanted people to understand. And all of a sudden, they come back the next day and they say, Hey, Rabbi, 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 Rabbi. But Jesus said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you that whatsoever, whosoever says to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but the belief that those things which he says shall be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, whatever things you ask in your prayer, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. The Word of God. The Word of God is black and red ink on a white paper. And in this form, it makes good log for your fire. Because as long as it's just on this page, and as long as it's just right here, it can be closed and it can be put away. But God says if you want to be able to speak the things that I want you to speak, you have to get this Word off of this page and get it written upon your heart. The Bible says that the pen, the mouth is the pen of a ready writer that writes upon the tables of the heart. And that pen that you write with is this here, right here. And how do we hear? How do we grow in faith? How do we grow in knowledge? It says by hearing. But we also have to be able to speak it because that's a means by which we use. Because with every time we speak positive words, every time we speak the things that God wants us to speak, we write it on the tables of our heart. And the more we write it on the tables of our heart, the more we speak it. The more we speak it, the more we say it. The more we say it, the more we speak it. And pretty soon, it's not faith anymore. It's knowledge. Do you know that every time, every time that you believe God and you speak the word of faith, you speak the word of faith, you speak it, you speak it over a loved one, you speak it and you speak it. One day, it comes true. Right? Do you know what just happened? Your faith 
just move from faith to knowledge. Because now you know He heard your prayer. You know He met the need. You know that it's done. The only way to build up your knowledge base, the knowledge base inside of your heart, is by faith in Jesus Christ and trusting God, speaking God's Word, believing God's Word, and living in God's Word. That's how you build that knowledge base. But the thing that we that I want to share that's really good that we need to hear, and that is words put things in motion. Words put things in motion. Because of the power of words, what we say and speak is very important. Words put things into motion, both good and bad. Both good and bad. And we need to understand how powerful our words are. If you look in Proverbs, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 4, it says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but the harsh words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowingly rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch of evil and good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perversiveness breaks the spirit. Now, way to put it this way, make it simple. Everybody knows that choices creates consequences, right? Every choice that we make. You know, how many of you have heard that? When you're in the prison ministry, you see it on every wall. Just about every place you go in, you see it up on there. Choices call, have consequences. Choices have consequences. Why? They made the wrong choice and they're in prison. Okay? And the whole idea is to change your choices. We spoke to a guy not long ago. Mike and I were ministering guy. And I kept asking him, I said, why did you... Uh, I said, I noticed that uh, you've been in, been in here a few times. He said, yeah, five. I said, okay. I said, when you got out the first time, where'd you go? He said, I went back home where I live. Same place you were before? He said, yeah. I said, okay. What'd you do after the second time? He said, I went back to the place where I was before. I said, what'd you do the third time? He said, well, I, I think he finally started getting the point. He said, well, I, I, I went back where I went before. I said, so in other words... This is your fifth time, and when you go back out there, if you do the same thing you did the five previous times, you know where you're going to be in six months? Right back here. Why? Because he didn't change his choices. Okay? The same thing is true of the words of our mouth. The words of our mouth have consequences. And if we don't watch what we say, if we don't watch what we say, we become... Our worst enemy. We haven't used this as the tool of a master. We've used it as a tool of destruction. Why? Because the words of our mouth puts things in motion. Because anything you say 
Do you think that the devil, when he goes up and stands on the left hand up there of the Father making accusation to us and Jesus over there making intercession for us and all this, all this stuff's going on up in heaven and all this kind of stuff, can you hear Satan come up here and say, you know, you know, John Doe over there, you know, he, uh, he's making a lot of negative confessions over there about, uh, I, I'm fixing to give him this and I'm fixing to give him that. And, and God says, well, you can't do that. And he says, yes, I can, because he, he, he said he had it. He said he could do that. He said, I, he, 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 I'm not going to let him, I'm not going to let him be successful in his job. He says, why is that? He said, because the other day he was, he was talking, he said, I just can't do this job. So he can't do it, Father. You know, we have to, you, you don't think, and so many times we just think things like that, right? But we need to make sure that we understand that these words that we have have such power. Proverbs twenty-one twenty-three says, Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. For many years, I never thought too much about words. I preached messages on them time to time, but it never really hit me. Until I read Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37. Maybe it'll change you the way it changed me. It says, But I say unto you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Words can invite Satan in. Words can put Satan to flight. Words can encourage. Words can hurt. Words can destroy. Words can restore. (laughs) Words can lift you up, discourage you. Words can build you up and tear you down. Words can bring you life or death. And words can bring health or sickness. Words are not just words that goes across our vocal cords. It's just not something that we do every day. It's something, it may be just air going across the larynx, but you can just say, if you want to. But the thing about it is, those things that come out of our mouth are important. Every word that we say. And when you go look at the Scriptures, you'll find out over and over and over when God was telling things, He says, say this, say that, say this. And it's saying is what we have to do, to say the things of the Word of God. But you've got to have... The Word of God to know what to say to put it inside of here. Now, the Bible says to guard your mouth. Guard your words. Just read it. It says, Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. That's kind of puts it where it is. As old saying, that kind of drives the point home, right? Because there's one thing I know about God's Word. It's the truth. It's flawless. It's impossible for God to lie. And all of His promises are mine. I call that the three rules of engagement. Before you engage in anything, you better know that the Word of God is infallible. You better know that it's impossible for God to lie. And you better know that the promises He made in that book are yours. And yes and amen. You don't have those rules of engagement. The rest of it doesn't mean anything. Because if you can't trust that the Word is the absolute flawless Word of God, you can't believe that God it's impossible for God to lie and that His promises are yes for you, then all you're doing is standing in neutral. You're not going forward and you're not going back. 
And you can't go forward until you get in gear. And to get into gear means to get words and get those things taken care of, right? Now, Proverbs says, now people say, I don't understand what you mean by positive and negative words. I think all of you do know what I'm talking about. But can any of you think of a negative, a negative thing that you said today? Just today. Maybe this morning when you came in and you said, you know, I really don't feel good today. I think I'm coming, I think I'm coming down with something. Uh, oh, it looks like this is going to be another one of those bad days. Ah, uh, well, I can't do that. I, 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 I just can't do that. You know what? I'm in school and they keep getting into this kind of stuff. I've read this book. I've read it. I've read it. And I, and, I, and I worked on this math. And I've worked on this math. And I've worked on this math. And I just can't learn it. Yeah, you can. What do you change it to? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do what? All things through Christ that strengthens me. I don't know what a lot of people, now I know the young people doesn't know this. I know this for a fact. I, but a lot of people think all is a laundry detergent. The reason I know the youth don't know it because they don't wash clothes. So they've never seen the box. Or now it comes, I guess, in a tub, right? But just to let you know, it, it, it whitens better, you know. But the thing, about, the thing about it is, when it says all, all to me means anything and everything that God has desired for me. And I want you to think of the person that you believe has the greatest faith, the greatest knowledge, and the greatest life or ministry or just life in general, Think of that person and think of how great it would be to be there and then to realize that no matter how much faith they have, no matter how much blessings they're walking in, no matter where they are in the ministry, no matter where they are in all that they, all that they do, they're still short of what God wants for them. Because God says, I want to give you something that you cannot even think about. You can't even imagine something as big as where I want to put you. But it, to bring you to, but we what? We don't take him at his word. Again, if he made us a promise... He said his promises were what? Yes and amen, right? He who, <clears throat> Proverbs 13, 3. got to move quickly because I just ran out of time. I'm not going to pull that thing of who give me five and, you know, five, ten, no, but anyway. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens it wide, his lips shall have destruction. It's important to watch it. So let me just conclude with this. God has given us many tools to use. Natural tools. Natural tools. Spiritual tools. Natural tools. But He's given every one of us 
ears to hear. Now we all hear the stories of the preaching of, you know, let him who hear but does not hear, see but doesn't see, and all that. We're talking spiritual, but I'm talking about natural. I'm talking about natural hearing. It's when you hear the needs of others, when you hear the needs of others, you're open to it and your heart begins to minister there. You hear. We can see when we see a need in the physical or when we see a need, maybe even in a spiritual. God says He's given us those. But see, people don't think that you can use your natural senses for God. Just because Satan wants to use them and that's how he uses the influence, when the soul speaks to the mind in this thing, we can start looking at things differently. We can start seeing things differently, even though they're physical. We can see those things, right? But it's important to realize that we have feet to use for the Lord. Not my spiritual feet. My natural feet. Joshua said, well, wherever your foot trods, I will bless you. We'll be yours. He gave us hands to reach out to the needy. Church is reaching out to Africa. Like you said, $5 million worth of medications kept countries. That's taking your hands and your feet and going and doing something that you can see. It's not faith there. It's, you know, you go in faith, but what I'm saying is you're physically going there. Okay? So it's important for you. But the Bible here is for us. Every tool, no matter what it is, has a purpose. Tools have a purpose. You can use it to create something good, or you can use it to destroy. It's important to know how to use your tool so that God can bless you bountifully from heaven. Now, There's one last thing that we do. I'll stop with this one. There's one last thing that we do with our mouths. In Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the heart man believes. With heart man believes. With the heart man believes. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Do you realize that God requires our mouth, our mouth, to be saved? Can you think of the power to save Be saved by saying, I believe in Jesus. I believe He died. I believe He was buried for Him. I believe He died for me. He raised His sister's right hand of the Father. I believe it. And I confess 
Jesus as my Lord. That confession of your mouth comes with power. That's for salvation. Don't you, don't you think it's uh, kind of unique? I don't know the right word. But when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, what's the evidence of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You speak what? You speak tongues. A lot of the scripture we talk about, it says in the end, he says you shall speak with new tongues. Well, new tongues, we've always interpreted as, as <clears throat> you know, speaking in tongues because it was an Old Testament scripture going toward the New Testament. But when you talk about new tongues, realize this. When you're saved, your tongue changes because your source changes. The source of your life now is no longer the world, but now it's Jesus. And when we say those things, then God blesses us. And I always thought it was amazed me that God uses the tongue, which if you read in the book of James, it says it's the only part of the body that can't be tamed. But yet he uses the tongue for that which speaks in perfection. Tongues is the only language that you can speak and never, ever, ever, ever to infinity ever be wrong in what you said. That's the reason why we believe that tongues are so important to people. It's because that's where the power, we keep talking about the power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? It's because of the power of the Word that's inside of us. Because He said He knows what you have need of before you even ask. And He knows what you have need of when you don't even know. How many of you have ever got down to the point of praying, you get down and you pray, I pray for a situation, you start praying, and after a little while you say, Man, Lord, I don't even know what to pray. Huh? If you ain't got there coming by my house, I, I, I get it quite often. If you got kids, you've prayed that prayer. What do I got to do to change this kid of mine? And if you're listening, son, change. Okay. No, that's good. That's, he knows it. He knows the word. But anyway, the last thing that we can do, one of the greatest things we can do, the first things that we have to do is we have to get Jesus in our heart and in our life. That's the important part. The other thing is we have to, I call it crucify the mouth and put it in the hands of the Lord. My wife sometimes, this is my wife Pat, by the way, for all who haven't met her, she's my lovely wife. And, um, but <coughs> words... Are important in things that we say. But sometimes silence is better than saying anything. Pastor was teaching on love in the home, in the church, whatever. Think about the discussions. Of Pastor Goodluck and Angela. We know they have these disagreements. No. <laughs> but we all do. But you know, when you say something, it's like squirting toothpaste out of a... What do you call it? Tube. It's easy to come out, but it is sure hard to put it back in there. 
I've tried. Not, not because of that thing, but I, you know how you get too much and you try to, you, you don't want to waste it. I'm one of those ones who don't like to waste anything. My wife can tell you that. But, <clears throat> but the thing about you can't, it's the same thing with her mouth. Once it comes out, you can reach for it as quickly as you can. But you can't get it back. All you can do is, right then, is what? Bind that word and make sure the person that's hearing that word, you be real good to. Okay? You be real good to. Because that's what it's all about. It's communication. See, we communicate with God with our mouths. He communicates with us with our ears. And His Word. And the Holy Spirit. But today... The victory comes in knowing Jesus. Secondly, get in His Word. Get it from that written page and get it in your heart. And God will bless you. Would you bow your heads with me just a moment? If you're here today, I never close a service ever without giving invitations because you never know that someone here may need to find Jesus. In Africa, we give the invitations to come. And it's a hard time they come because they're hungry and they want more of God. Because God is all they have. Over here, we got, well, I can do that and I can do this and I can do that, so I don't need God. But I'm telling you today, you need Him. You need Him in your life. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Graham, I, I really want to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Would you just slip your hand up over your head? Yes. Yes, through those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Would you stand with me just for a second? <clears throat> We're all going to repeat this prayer. If you just got through raising your hand, you repeat this prayer along with everyone else. And I believe that if you say it from the bottom of your heart, I had a bunch of little children. I'm going to do my best to do this without crying. We had a crusade in Uganda, the slums of Kampala. And for three nights... This group of kids, about probably 60, 80 kids, were right down on the very front. And the adults, you know, they were all out there, but they were right down front. And I was getting, to preach, getting ready to preach my last message, the revival crusade we had there. And I looked at my wife and I said, God telling me to preach to the children. Preach to the children. And I said, okay, Lord. So I didn't even go up on the platform. I just walked down where the kids were. They want to touch you anyway. I walked by and, you know, they just want to touch you and love all over you. Disease like you wouldn't believe. And uh, I told them, I said, you know, after I took the message, brought it down to their level, they, I asked them, I said, do you want to accept Jesus? If you do, raise your hand. All those little hands went up. And I told him, I said, now you got to, what you're going to say doesn't mean anything unless you mean it from the bottom of your heart. 
I said, you have to know that this is what you mean, not words in your mouth. You've got to reach down and with, with, with everything that you can that you believe what I'm fixing to say you're going to have. Can you do that? And they said, yes. So I started to do a sinner's prayer with them. And you have to do it with an interpreter, so it's not like I tell you, you know, Lord Jesus, and then you say, Lord Jesus, back. It's not that way. You've got to go to Him, then He's got to go to them, and then you've got to go back. It's, it's a rhythm, right? So I'm sitting there, because I'm one of those ones that closes my eyes when I pray. And all of a sudden, the person behind me jabbed me and said, open your eyes. I looked. Here was these 60, 80 kids with their hands raised up, tears just flowing down their face. I knew that what they said in that sinner's prayer was real. Why? Because they were getting something from the Lord. And I tell you the same thing today. It's not the words that we're going to say specifically, but it's the heart that you say it with that gets you what you need. So we're going to pray. We're all going to pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to forgive me my sins. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life, to be the Lord of my life, my guidance, my hope, my dream. I thank you, Lord, for dying for me on Calvary's cross. I thank you, Lord, for raising, being raised from the dead. And now sit at the right hand of the Father. Father, I know that Jesus Christ lives in my life because I asked Him to. And He said if I ask, He would come. I receive it in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. You may be seated <clears throat> for a second. <clears throat> if um, we're going to now pray, if the uh, prayer team will come, uh, we're going to dismiss all of you here in just a second. But if there's anyone here who needs healing in your body, mind, soul, body, spirit, discouraged, just needs the power of God on you, Want to, get your, want to get your mouth in, in the right gear instead of reverse, put it in drive? Do you need somebody to hold you up in prayer? You're welcome to come. But the rest of you will be dismissing, but I want to thank all of you for, as I used to say, thank you for bearing with me to the bare end. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity that Pastor Goodluck has given me to minister to you. I pray that God will be with them, give them traveling, and bring them back safely to us, and He will be back with you soon. And uh, so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for these, Lord, that go. May you let them go forth in power. Lord, as we dismiss today, we ask you, Lord, to, through this Christmas season, let your love, Lord, begin to radiate. God, I pray you mend, you mend families. That you take the harsh words that have been said. God, crush those words. Open the hearts to receive your true love, Lord. Only you can restore many times, many lives. 
God, I pray your restoration, Lord, upon the lives and the families, Lord. As they come together, sometimes, some of these, this will be the first time they get together this year. And some of it will just be over the telephone. But God, go with them. And through this season, Lord, keep everyone safe, keep everyone from harm. And God, bring us back at the next appointed time to worship you and to praise you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Lord, bless you as you come. Those who need prayer, come. Let the prayer team pray with you.